Thanks for checking out Chemistry Connections on the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of HVSPN.com, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions represented within this episode are those of the content creators only. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Chemistry Connections. My name is Sophie Riggins, and I'm here with Xavier Jimenez, and we, we are, are your hosts for episode 22, called The Chemistry Behind Advil. Today, we will be discussing the chemical process that occurs when consuming Advil to relieve pain. So, good morning, Sophie. Good morning, Xavier. Good morning to our viewers, or good afternoon, or bonsoir to our viewers, whatever time zone you are in. And I think we all know what Advil is, but for the viewers that are unaware, care to explain? It's a safe, non-prescription pain reliever, which means either you or me could walk into a drugstore right now and purchase Advil without a doctor's prescription. So what you're telling me is that it's very accessible. Yes, definitely. In 2018, nearly 24 million people purchased Advil in one year. You're kidding. That's a lot. Props to you, Advil. Definitely buy that stock, guys. Yes, but while we're praising Advil, let's not forget about the one and only active ingredient that is actually what causes the pain relief, which is ibuprofen. Why don't you tell me a little bit about ibuprofen? I will. So, ibuprofen is a part of a drug class called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, also known as NSAID, or NSAID. And the name ibuprofen is actually derived from, get this, isobutanol, which is the IB, propanic acid, which is the pro, and phenol, which is the fen, which constructs ibuprofen. What a mouthful, but quite genius. So how does Advil go from being a small pill to relieving pain in your bloodstream? So let's start off. Advil is like dissolved in the stomach and then is absorbed by the intestinal wall in order to reach the bloodstream. And eventually it reaches the areas where the synthesis of prostaglandin is found. Prostaglandin are these like fatty acids which cause pain found near the damaged tissue. Hashtag cancel prostaglandin 2021. Okay, we have covered the background, but there's a lot of things that biology does not cover. So do you want to get into the chemistry portion of this podcast? Of course. So while we're already talking about ibuprofen dissolving in the stomach acid or dissolved in the stomach acid, ibuprofen is actually not soluble in the stomach acid, which we're going to discuss as gastric acid. Tell the listeners about ibuprofen's solubility a bit. I'll start with a little background on ibuprofen. So ibuprofen is a non-polar weak acid with a pH around 4.4 and ibuprofen is most soluble with organic solvents like ethanol, methanol, acetone, and dichloromethane. So clearly none of us heard gastric acid on that list. So do you want to get into more about how ibuprofen is not soluble in gastric acid? Well, the nonpolar ibuprofen is what actually causes it not to dissolve with gastric acid. This is because polar solutes dissolve in polar solvents and like vice versa with nonpolar solutes and solvents. Knowing this principle and that gastric acid is very polar clearly indicates the nonpolar ibuprofen will not form a solution with polar gastric acid. This means no ibuprofen will technically be 
dissolved. Not only is ibuprofen insoluble, but it also has a very, very long carbon chain. This carbon chain will create a great bond strength, which is fairly difficult to break. Why don't you explain what bond strength impacts? Well, the significantly high bond strength is difficult to overcome in order to form the molecules to dissolve. The solvent-to-solvent bonds must be broken, and solvent-to-solute bonds need to form. But because it's such a strong molecule with strong bonds, it's kind of hard to overcome them. So you would assume that the reaction shouldn't happen, correct? Well, that would be incorrect. Gastric acid is extremely acidic, with like a pH around 1 to 2, and any strong acid will pull apart the intramolecular forces bonding the molecule, which is why the acid is so destructive. When the acid interacts with ibuprofen, it will break the bond just like acid would to regular food when digested. Because the reaction relies purely on strength of gastric acid and the ibuprofen is insoluble, this process will have a relatively long residence time, which basically means the reaction will occur at a slower rate. Now that we're talking about rates, Sophie, care to explain the reaction rate? Okay, this slower rate is actually caused by the high activation energy of ibuprofen. Activation energy is pretty self-explanatory. It's just the energy it takes to activate or start a reaction. And since we're talking about the reaction rate of ibuprofen, we should talk about the activation energy of it. When it comes to thermodynamically favorable reactions with a high activation energy, they theoretically should not occur. Now let me go back. Thermodynamically favorable means basically that the reaction is favored to occur. And with a high activation energy, that is what would cause the reaction to not occur. So ibuprofen has a high activation energy and the required temperature for it to begin reacting is around 800 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know about you, but my stomach is not 800 degrees. I don't know where you're getting that. So explain how does the ibuprofen react in our stomachs? Ibuprofen is a non-selective inhibitor of an enzyme called cyclooxygenase. Fancy, okay, okay. (laughs) This enzyme is required for the synthesis of ibuprofen in the acid pathway, meaning that's what makes it react. The enzyme plays a major role in getting this reaction to occur. Because the activation energy is so high, the reaction is unlikely to happen at the temperature of our stomach, which is around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The enzyme's job is to allow another way for the reaction to occur more rapidly, and it tends to create more surface area for the reaction to react. This alternative path length allows for the reaction to occur with a much lower activation energy. Without the enzyme, it would be likely that ibuprofen would not react. So you're telling me without the enzyme, it would have not happened? Advil wouldn't relieve headaches, backaches, any of that. So... I would still have a headache right now this morning if I didn't have Advil or I didn't have the enzyme, is what you're telling me. That is correct. Just so y'all know, I took an Advil this morning. Advil has always been very personal with me. It's like always been there for me. Like I completely agree. (laughs) Through the thick and thin, like I literally get four hours of sleep. I've always had sleeping issues. I had to go to doctors for it and... I would wake up with these massive headaches and like Advil has always just been there. I could always just take it. It's been right by my bedside table. It's always there. And so the anti-inflammatory properties help relieve the pain that I literally like suffer from on a daily basis. And the chemistry involved, I feel like it's just like so unique. It's so complex and it's, it's 
it sparked a curiosity when I was first thinking about what we should do because as an athlete I'm always injured always having to play through it because I know I'm not sitting on the bench for an injury I always have a tiny little travel size bottle in my, my volleyball bag and I tend to take two or three a day before practice. I would always see you with these like bruises on your arms. Completely off topic, but your mom's a chem major. I think you mentioned it. She made ibuprofen in college. Actually, yes, because ibuprofen to create it, it's a chemical reaction. So a lot of chemistry programs create ibuprofen or other medications all in chemistry. As Nicki Minaj said, take your medication. All right, well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chemistry Connections. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. 